Hello and welcome to another episode of Youth View, a podcast by Skilled Creative. We're your hosts, Sachin, Caden, Olivia, and Diana. And today we will be talking about the entertainment industry's impact during the COVID-19 pandemic. As well as a short icebreaker game, a My Story segment with Diana and the rest of today's hosts, and an interview with singer-songwriter PJ Harding. Let's play a quick game of Pressure in the Box. Pressure in the Box is a game where we pass around a box of questions and all the presenters are going to answer one as fast as possible. And I'll start by asking the first question. Caden, what's something you're proud of? I'm most proud of in year nine getting first in the year for video game design. But what's your biggest joy? Uh, my biggest joy is probably hanging out with my mates. That's really nice. That's sweet. Oh, thanks. So, Diana, what's your biggest fear? Um, probably elevators. Yeah. Oh, fair enough. So, Olivia, what's the first thing you notice in people? Uh, probably their eyes. Really? Yeah. I notice their eyebrows. <laughs> and now it's time for today's My Story segment, where we have both Diana and Olivia explain their difficulties in the entertainment industry throughout the COVID-19 pandemic. Hi, my name is Diana, I'm 17 years old. This is a small but significant part of my story. Olivia and I both went on a life-changing performing arts trip to school in 2020 and we represented Australia at the Junior Theatre Festival in Sacramento, aka JTF West. The Junior Theatre Festival is a competition-like setting where different groups perform a 15-minute segment of a musical and perform the musical in front of professionals in the industry and other schools. The festival allows young kids like ourselves to get involved and gain experience to enter the entertainment industry. Before we went to America, we had done a full production of the musical The Little Mermaid Junior. We had done this musical and worked on it for four years before we performed the 15-minute version over there. There were people from all over the world and we entered this huge arena that had 50 groups of people in there. I made so many friends and I still have contact with some of them and hope to go back and see them. We were even meant to see Olivia Rodrigo and Joshua Bassett perform live. There were lots of people there and you were able to make friends with people so easily. The trip as a whole was a really eye-opening experience and it confirmed that this is the career I wanted. From performing at Disneyland California and doing workshops in Sacramento, it really all added up and I felt complete. I can't express how life-changing it was. Then a couple of months later, I auditioned for Aussie All Stars, which is a part of the organisation that runs JTF, which gave me the opportunity to learn about the entertainment world and the Broadway world together and learn skills and techniques from Broadway professionals and really get the full experience from proper professionals like the guy who wrote Grease. I got in successfully and I was so excited to go, but unfortunately COVID got in the way. And now I'm not going, which really sucks, but was a really good opportunity for myself as it was the right experience but wrong timing. I'm very proud of how far I've gotten, but life just gets in the way sometimes, but I'll never give up. Well, for me personally, COVID really affected my source of income. This is because at the time I relied heavily on busking for money and I was unable to do that due to the restrictions that were put into place. 
That really sucks to hear, guys. It seems like COVID ruined opportunities for everybody. Uh, Caden, did COVID ruin anything for you? Well, yeah, as a matter of fact, I was going to apply for an internship for, to become a nurse, but it got cancelled, so I wasn't able to. That sucks to hear, man. Um, personally, I was meant to go to Japan for two weeks um, mm. for our exchange, but the borders closed and I wasn't able to go. Yeah, it's a real shame. Yeah. Anyway, I guess it's time to introduce our interviewee for the day, Mr. PJ Harding. PJ Harding is a singer-songwriter who has worked with artists such as Noah Cyrus, Guy Sebastian Rule, and Jessica Mowbley. He signed with Universal Publishing and is based in Sydney, New South Wales. Hello, PJ, and welcome to Youth View. Hello. Uh, thank you for having me. Oh, it's our pleasure. How's your day been? Oh, you know, it's uh, it's been wet and um, pretty miserable up here in Sydney, but uh, or down here, I should say. But it's uh, it's good. We just I'm building a new studio at the moment, so I've um, made some headway on that, which has been good. That's good to hear. Um, yeah, we'll just start by asking a few questions, if you don't mind. No, please. All right, well, relating to what we've already been talking about, um, it's a pretty heavy question. How has COVID affected your job and the industry you work in? Um, well, it had a pretty big effect on me personally because we were actually living in Los Angeles uh, at the when COVID um, uh, reared its ugly head. We just moved at the end of 2019 and I was working as a songwriter over there and we planned to be there for a few years. Um, and yeah, COVID happened. And so, you know, three, three or four months after we got there and uh, yeah, basically we didn't know where it was going. We didn't know where it was headed. And uh, all of the riding over there uh, kind of went uh, remote. You know, everyone was using Zoom like we are now to, to write songs, to write pop songs. And, you know, we were just not... <laughs> Our kids couldn't go to school over there. It was we just very quickly got to a point where we were like, "What are we doing here?" Um, you know, we didn't feel super safe there. It just felt like coming home was the right thing. So it was a really hard decision. But uh, yeah, we ended up coming back to Australia because of COVID. We would have come back eventually, but COVID meant we came back immediately. Um, and I suppose, like broader than that, in terms of the industry. Uh, the, I mean, the music industry as a whole has been really affected and particularly, the, you know, friends of mine who, who make their money in the live music scene have really been crushed over the last two years. It's just been, you know, blow after blow. Um, fortunately, for people like me, the songwriters and producers, we still have ways of, of <laughs> earning a living even when the live music scene is shut down. So it hasn't things haven't like ground to a halt like they have in other parts of the industry, but it's definitely changed. I mean, yeah, like, like I was saying, everyone was working remotely, having to write songs over Zoom and um, do, do things that way. It was definitely an adjustment, but um, yeah, it's been, it's been fine, really. I count myself incredibly fortunate. So, um, okay. our next question, <laughs> who are some of the most famous people you've worked with? Um, I've, I've definitely worked with some pretty famous people um, uh, when I was in LA. Shortly after I got there, I worked with Lil Nas X for a couple of days, which was very fun. And um, some other pop artists like BB Rexer and 
Maggie Lindemann, and there's a few sort of, uh, yeah, a few pop artists that I worked with, but mostly or increasingly, I sort of just worked with uh, a few people. That's sort of how I prefer to do it, uh, rather than doing the kind of working with a different person each day. So I now focus a bit more on like trying to develop um, ongoing relationships with just a few artists. So mostly I work with Noah Cyrus, um, who is great and who we've, we actually made an, an EP together recently, um, but also I executive produced her new album, which is coming out this year and um, wrote uh, and produced a bunch of the songs on her last EP. And we've got a really good working relationship and also Rule, a great Australian artist who I've been working with since he was sort of 12 years old. We sort of have continued to work with each other over the last uh, five or six years, seven years. I don't know, it's been a long, it's been a long time. Um, and yeah, I, I, I really like that thing of like really getting to know somebody really well and developing a, a working relationship uh, that has got a story to it and is, you know, goes through phases. And um, I really like that vibe. I'm always down though to work with whichever famous person <laughs> or not famous person uh, wants to work. Um, I love meeting new people and writing with new people, but I, I like, the thing I like the most is working with people I know really well and uh, understand really well. And it does take time to develop those relationships. Oh yeah. Good answer. Um, <laughs> yeah. Well, you've worked with a lot of people we, like we look up to when you were our age, like who did you look up to and who inspired you to like, do what you're doing today? What, and what is your age? What 17. range are we talking? 17, 16, 17, 18. At that age, I was like, um, I was like a Jeff Buckley uh, fanatic and was listening to Grace and Loop um, for like two or three years there, right, right around that age, which was right around the time he died, actually. And I think it, it just created a kind of, yeah, it was like the perfect environment to get obsessed. It was also like a really different time, you know, it was like CDs and you'd, you'd put a CD on and it'd just kind of stay in your CD player for, for six months <laughs> and you wouldn't, it was, it was much easier to get obsessed with one or two artists. So yeah, definitely Jeff Buckley. I remember uh, like Neil Finn had started doing his solo stuff and was a big influence on me at that point. Um, trying to think of others, other sort of songwriters at that time. Uh, 17, 16, 17. I mean, I was sort of, yeah, I was into pretty eclectic music because I was a drummer uh, initially. So there was a lot of, um, a lot of kind of, uh, you know, James Brown records and um, Tower of Power and all these, all these sort of bands that were Steely Dan, you know, all these sort of bands that were much more like, uh, music head kind of complex rhythms and and yeah stuff that was I was really was really inspiring as a drummer at the time uh, was sort of the other thing that I was listening to a, a lot of but I would say as a songwriter yeah Buckley and 
Neil Finn were probably the biggest and the Beatles had sort of always, there was stuff that we grew up with like that, that it always stuck. I wasn't super engaged with pop music at that age. Um, a bit younger I was, but at that age, I kind of was more interested in these slightly, um, a little bit more alternative uh, artists, I think. It's a long time ago. I'm struggling to remember so any good. of it. What's your favourite song you've made? Favourite song? Um, that's a really hard question. I've got, I'm releasing an EP uh, of my own music later this year, which I'm very excited about. And the first song I'm releasing from that is called It Wasn't Enough. And it's one of my very favorite songs one of the things i'm proudest of there's a few other songs that i'm incredibly proud of uh there's uh, a song i wrote with noah cyrus called the end of everything which was the name of of her uh last ep as well it was like the title track on that record and yeah i just sometimes it's like you try and write a song that's about something very difficult to articulate and most times you kind of leave that and you feel like it's a bit unsatisfying you feel like you didn't quite get it but with those with both those songs uh it wasn't enough which nobody's heard yet and the end of everything uh i feel like we kind of got the thing that we were trying to do and that's to me yeah my favorite thing about uh, songwriting is when you can, when you really nail the thing you're attempting to do. Um, any other songs? I mean, there's some songs I'm like, the first song I wrote with Rule uh, was his first song that he ever wrote, uh, which is called uh, Don't Tell Me. And it's, I still think it's an amazing song. And, you know, it's like just a thing that we'll always have. There's sort of songs like that too, that are like important, that feel important because of what they were at a particular time or um, yeah, what they, mean, what they mean to everybody in the room. Um, yeah, so that, that as well would be one of them. But there's many songs that I'm very proud of. I, I couldn't actually pick a favorite. I say at the end of answering the question. <laughs> yeah, no, that was nice to hear. Yeah. Um, yeah, we just have two more questions. Um, kind of podcast tradition. We just always ask mm -hmm. our guests. Um, the first question is, if you could have dinner with any two people, dead or alive, who would you choose and why? Oh, God. I feel like I should choose people that themselves... Like just between the two of them, it would be an interesting conversation. It, it would have changed a lot. I mean, I think someone like Leonard Cohen, I would love to have had the opportunity to sit down with and talk to. Um, you know, I feel like maybe a, a, another big influence on me as a young person was C.S. Lewis. Uh, I could imagine sitting down with C.S. Lewis and Leonard, and Leonard Cohen being, being probably, probably a, uh, I, I imagine they'd have lots to talk about and, and I could just sit and listen. I feel like that would be an interesting 
that would be an interesting dinner party. Um, yeah, let's say let's say Leonard Cohen and C.S. Lewis came up with an answer. <laughs> yeah. So the last question, <laughs> yeah. the last question for today is: What is your favorite childhood memory? Oh and how God! This is like being in therapy. I've never been in therapy. My favorite childhood <laughs> memory. I mean, oh, I've got a lot. Actually, I've got a lot with with Mike, who's sitting behind you there, who I've known since I was a child. And uh, you know, some of my most favorite early memories were definitely playing music uh, with my friends. And uh, you know, I was in a band, a couple of bands with Mike from when we were very young and my older brother. Um, and yeah, there's a few, there's a few times I remember, you know, being on stage and, and playing drums and just being so like totally in the moment, you know, in a way that it's very difficult to reproduce uh, in the rest of your life. And even though I don't feel like, uh, I don't feel this burning desire to perform music live these days. Uh, I do think that there was something in in some of those real early performances that we did that instilled, you know, a real love for music and a, a, um, a kind of that idea of like really losing yourself in, you know, music is not like a, a um, not this real heady thing that you think about and and um, you know struggle to put together, but actually something that is a real something that really gives back to you. Um, and I think yes, I had that instilled in me from a really early age that that music was play and fun, and um, that's definitely stuck with me all these years, and even now as a kind of grizzled old person who music is the way that I pay my mortgage and, you know, all of those things, it's still like at, at heart, it's the, it's a, it's playing, you know, it's like fun and joyful. And yeah, I try and hold on to that, those feelings a little bit. That kind of answered the question. I didn't really give you a specific moment, but there were many such moments. So, yeah, that's what um, I got. Yeah, thank you for answering our questions today. But yeah, thank you for joining thank us on the Youth View podcast by Skilled Creative. That was my pleasure. Thanks, guys. And we wish you all the best. And that concludes this week's episode of Youth View, a podcast by Skilled Creative. We've been your hosts, Sachin, Caden, Olivia, and Diana. Thank you for listening. Thank you.